Hi, I'm Pastor Dallas Billington, Senior Pastor here at City Church, and we want to welcome you today to our services. We hope that no matter what you're facing in life, that through the message today, through God's Word, He will truly encourage your heart. Well, I'd like to share with you, I know a lot of you have asked, just really, uh, really be praying this week. I don't know anything else to say, but just I know a lot of you have asked me about something I said a couple weeks ago. So I'd love to be able to share with you some exciting news, but we're, all, we're almost there. So I'm just going to ask you this week to really, really just push, pray through, and uh, we're going to have some exciting news to share with you real soon. So uh, I want you to turn your Bibles today in the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 12. <clears throat> and you know, the reason I titled this message, When the Devil Kicks You, Let Jesus Kick Him Back. And, you know, I had to change something that had happened over the years. I would share this with certain people. And I used to say, you know, I never thought I was going to go on ministry, but the Lord had other plans, and I'm very thankful for that many, many years ago. And I saw what my dad did and had to go through as a pastor, meaning this, uh, the things that, uh, difficult things that you can't talk about, and the things that we have to share amongst us as, as leadership, and that is this. And I used to say what I saw my dad go through, even though I wasn't in ministry, just growing up as a pastor or something, what he used to have to experience with the heartache of people, what he experienced in a year then we would talk about it, what I would see in a month. Now it's changed. What he would experience in a year, the heartache and the things that we hear as pastors, the phone calls, the things that we see, the things that we have to go and, and people that are hurting. Now from what my dad used to see in a year, what I used to say in a month, now it's two weeks. That's how much hurt is going on within our own church family, within the society that we live in. And if we don't get a grip on who can fight this, which I talked about a few weeks ago, if we don't really understand that this is, even though we're in this, this is the Lord's battle. Whatever you face, it's not yours. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Lord, your word guides us. You tell us it's a lamp that goes before us. It's that flashlight. We can see just exactly what we need to say and to point us for that step for tomorrow. Lord, encourage those today that are facing so much in their life to know that, Lord, we need you. We have to focus on you and not the things that the devil is trying to do to us. Father, we'll be careful to give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Revelation chapter 12 We've talked about the devil knowing he only has so much time, and that talks about us at the end of this chapter. But in Revelation 12, verses 10 through 11, listen carefully to what God's word says. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren. Who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. You know, one of the things that pulls us down more than anything else, we talk about it all the time, it's right here. 
right here. And, and what we let do is the devil comes in here all the time, day and night. What does he do? God's word tells us right there. He accuses you. You're not doing this the way you should. You Look at your age. You should have accomplished more by now. Look at you as a mom or dad and all these things in the workplace. And, and he constantly throws those things at you to make you and I doubt. God is telling us, let him handle it. And when we let him handle it, what happens? How do we do that? Verse 11. And they overcame him. That's even us today. By the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. By the blood of the lamb. It all comes back to that. We don't think about that enough. A lot of times when we take communion, we think about it. We think about this covenant we do and remember to you. I want you to realize today that your battle, and when the devil comes at you hard and he kicks you, He's kicking us so hard, and we want to kick him back. We're thinking, you know what? I can do this. No, we can't do it. We're going to try, but we can't. That's human nature. All of us are going to do it, and we get in there, and we get exhausted because we're at our, we just can't do it anymore. God's saying, let me handle it. How do we handle it? Through the blood of Jesus Christ, his perfect shed blood on the cross of Calvary. What does that mean? A couple things. First of all, you and I have been forgiven. We often forget that. We have been forgiven. In other words, the Bible says because we've been forgiven, when Jesus died on the cross, his blood, his perfect blood was shed for you and for me. It says the temple, the cloth that separated between man and God was torn in half. What does that mean? That means you and I can any time of the day or night can come boldly before him through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ because you come on his behalf. Jesus comes on your behalf. And we can talk to the Lord about anything. And when we do, what happens with that? What do we understand also about the blood? From the Old Testament here, the sacrifice is given. I don't want you to miss this because the life is in the blood. The difference between you and I and Jesus is this. What is so powerful that we go and fight those battles in the name of Jesus Christ and through his shed blood, yes, we've been forgiven, but also it's this, is to know that through his blood, there is a newness of life. Can't get it through anybody else. Anybody else. Only he has died on the cross and rose from the grave. And because of that, his sacrifice still lives in our life. What I'm trying to say is that there is something new. You see it every time. You saw it in your own life when you accepted Christ as your Savior, knowing that you were forgiven, knowing what Jesus has done in your life. There is a newness that you look at life. There is a power in that because you come in this life through the blood of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice, and his sacrifice had purpose. And through that purpose, we always give the battle to him because no one ever and will ever rise from the grave except him. Now, we know that we someday will, but we go in his power. What else does he say? 
that being built on that, how we overcome the devil is through the blood of the lamb, through his sacrifice. Understanding when the devil goes to accuse you, know that you're already forgiven. Secondly, as we see by the word of their testimony, but let me, let me just stop for a minute before I get there. If we're not careful in life, you ever hear the saying, a self-made millionaire? We've all heard that, self-made millionaire, self-made billionaire, and we've heard that before. And a lot of times when someone is in that position, we don't read all the stories. I used to read them in, in Forbes, I think it was Forbes magazine, and they always had the top 100 richest people in the world, you know. And everybody, it was the most sold magazine years ago and the whole thing. And it's amazing to me when you really dug into their story, all the, all the personal problems that they had alcoholism and all the different things that they've been through and all the things that they neglected in their family and all those things. Why? Because they depended on themselves. Who's the example that we have that tried to fight the battle on his own and kick the devil himself? One of the greatest examples in the Bible is Peter. Jesus is on the way to the cross knowing the blood of the lamb and the devil is not only trying to stop him, but Peter is. Now, Jesus says, you know, I'm going to die. And he's telling the disciples, and you know what they start doing? Well, hey, I, I guess we're in control here. Who, who's going who's to be in charge now? And then they went one step further. Peter stepped in front of everybody and says, you know what, Lord? This is not going to happen on my watch. The devil's not going to do you to this. Peter's building himself up like, I'm going to stop the devil. And what did Jesus say to him? Peter, I prayed for you because the devil wanted to sift you as wheat. Now, what does that mean? Now, we don't have that today because the technology and everything goes on, but when they used to sift wheat, they used to just, there and they used to just shake it. And the wheat would fall off. And they would there shake it and shake it. You ever heard the saying, my faith has been shaken. My faith has been shaken to the core. Without Jesus Christ and his shed blood, we could very easily end up like Peter. Peter, I prayed for you. Jesus said, I prayed for you because the devil wanted to shake your faith. That's exactly where many of us are today. We get there. We get there because of what life does to us. And that's where we have to put Jesus in front of us in these battles because our faith will be shaken. And what did Peter do? He did exactly what Jesus said he would do. He denied him three times. But Peter said, no, it's not going to happen. If we try and fight these battles on our own, you know what's going to happen to us? We're going to become exhausted. You can't do it. You've got to let the Lord do it for you. Because if anything the devil's going to do to you and to me, he's going to shake your faith. He's going to do everything he can to make you doubt who Jesus is in your life. So how do we keep going? What do we do? Well, we learn the Bible says that we come humbly before the throne of grace through Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible says, which is great, as a believer, 
through the blood of the lamb, Eve, because of Jesus, there are some times in your life you don't even, I don't even know how to pray. We don't know what to pray for. But Jesus says, I hear your heart. I know exactly what's on your heart. He also says through that verse, he says, through the word of our testimony, through what we do, our actions, what we say. One of the greatest examples in the Old Testament is David. If there's one story that everybody knows in the Old Testament, even people that don't go to church, even people that are out in the world, they know the story of David and Goliath. I don't know that story. You hear it out in, even, in, even in sports or in business. Well, that was sure a David and Goliath story. But what did David do? There's a couple things. And here's so important for us today when we know that Jesus has to kick the devil because if we try, we're going to lose. And we try all the time. That's what I'm saying is don't do it on your own. You will not survive just as Peter, just maybe where you are today. What happened is David finds out his brothers are at war or at a stalemate. And there's two hillsides going into a valley. And there's Goliath on the one side. And, and what happens, David goes to bring bread to his brothers or at war. He hears in the background what's going on. There's a stalemate. There's a giant down there, eight, nine feet, I don't know, ten feet, however tall he is. I think I would be intimidated a little bit. And he goes there and he starts hearing, well, wait a minute. What, what's going on here? So he says, well... If, if nobody else is going to fight this guy, I'm going to. So Saul, the king at the time, has the best fighting armor that you could have. Now, let's take it into today's world. Do you know that you can have as much money as you want, whatever that you need, and it still might keep you in the same situation that you're in? Money won't solve it. Or you know what we do? We, get, we go around and get everybody, when we, we're trying to fight them, we get everybody's opinion. And after we get everybody's opinion, what we should do, we still do it the way we think we're going to do it anyway. So why do we go and talk to everybody else on it for anyway? We do it all the time. What do you think? Well, what do you think? What do you think? And, and we hear the person still did the same way they're going to always do it. That's human nature. Human nature also had what all the armies of Israel had, fear. It's in us. When you get the phone call or when something happens and you have to face a Goliath in your life, there is fear that takes over. And you have to have Jesus to fight that, to calm you. And what he does, he gives us a perspective through our faith. What did David say or what did he say when it, when it came down time to talking to King Saul? King Saul had all this armor. David got this armor on him and he couldn't move. It's amazing when we're in this world, we try everything that the world has. And what he said was, I can't use this. Not only I can't move with it, but it's not been tested. You know and I know in your faith and my faith, if Jesus has come through here and here and over here, he's going to come through exactly with what you're dealing with right now. There's no difference. He's not changed. His power is just as great. Matter of fact, his power will become even greater because your faith becomes greater. David says, I can't use this. He walks out in street clothes, basically, and faces a giant. 
And when he faces him, he gets ridiculed just like the passage that we read. Just like the devil does. He's accusing David that you can't do this. Look at you and look at me. And you think that you're going to kill me. And he starts laughing in front of the hillside and it echoes up on both sides. And David yells at him this. You come to me in this way, but I come to you. And this is what he said. In the name of the true and the living God. I come to you with the hosts of heaven and the armies of Israel. In other words, he's saying, I come to you with the power that are unseen. God Almighty and billions of angels I have on my side. You can't see them, but they're with me. Do you know that today? God's angels, millions and millions of them are with you in the unseen world to fight whatever the devil does against you. David, we know, the, we, we know what happened, right? You know, it's so easy. We read the old says, oh, yeah, David, yeah, he, you know, he did this. He took the, you know, took the stone out, whacked him in the head, went up and cut his head off. Yeah, okay, great. Okay, good, one, right? That's how we read the Bible. He had the same body that you and I do, the same fear, the same makeup, but he was really willing to trust, and he verbally said it. This is what is so important. When you give your word, what, he's, what God is saying here, next, next to the blood of Jesus Christ, you know what strengthens you? When you're able to tell other people who Jesus is, what he's done in your own life. When you hear that, when you tell somebody, you hear it yourself. I believe David was just as much he was speaking to Goliath, he was speaking to himself. And as he did that, we know that he won. I want you to know today, so many of you, all of our pastors are talking to you, are facing so many different things. I want you to know that Jesus always wins. He's never once ever been defeated. Know and experience through what he wants to do in your life through this difficult time. Know when the devil keeps kicking you and kicking you and kicking you. Know that you look at him and you're in a calm way. You don't even lose energy over it because you say, Lord, this is your battle. This is for you to fight because I'm your child. And he will fight for you. Finally, he says in that verse, he says this. He says in Revelation, and even to the place to where your life is on the line, it doesn't matter. Remember we talked about a couple months ago about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? You know, who's that? You know, well, there's three Hebrew guys in the Old Testament. And they didn't bow down before the gods of the day. And for the leader of the day, because any king or Pharaoh in that day, they, they said that they were gods, basically, is what they said. And so you had to worship them as a god. If you didn't, you would be killed. They were on their way to be thrown in the fire. And their testimony was this. Remember what they said? King, we want you to know, whether we live or whether we die, we still win. Our life, there's a calmness that you and I don't even realize today as a believer.
that the world doesn't have. Do you know how many times I've heard interviews by people in Hollywood, by very powerful people that have everything? How many times have you heard that, that they're nervous and that they're anxious all the time? Because they don't have the assurance of death and of life after death. And every time someone else in Hollywood dies, it shakes them. Because in some ways, they feel like they're immortal, like those kings or like those pharaohs. And they're reminded once again, they're just earthly beings like you and I. We have it. Know what you have that you can walk out of here today. No matter what happens, you know you win. Whether you live or whether you die, you win. That's what God is telling you. What else, what else does he say to keep us going this? Well, look at when it comes to this fight. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Fight the good fight. In other words, you ever hear somebody, you know, the big thing today is whatever you do in life, whatever you do in life, you got to have passion. You got to have passion, you know. Passion is what? It's an emotion. It's not bad. But, you know, passion will only take you so far. You have to have it combined with something. You know what it is? It's purpose. We know when we're fighting this battle, it's worth it. It's the right thing. We're fighting for what is good and for what is right. We're fighting for what God says is truth. You would never, ever, ever give up on your kids because you know that's the right thing to do. I don't care what happens. We would never, ever give up on fighting for our kids. Because this is the right thing. Do you think God's going to leave us out somewhere? We're a child of God. And when he sees us fighting and doing the right thing and having purpose as a believer and we're trying to live that way, it's the right thing. You are on track. You ever hear someone say, you know, when, that they're in the end of life and they talk about their regrets. As a believer, we don't have to have those regrets because we have had purpose and with purpose, the passion just flows with it. We know what we're doing is the right thing. We're trying to get other people into heaven. We're trying to live and do what is right. And when, what comes along with this, that you experience joy and peace that the world doesn't know. Our world is hurting. Our world needs what we have. And when they see what we are fighting for, and when they see the light of Jesus Christ in their life, it says we're surrounded by many witnesses. I believe you're surrounded by those that want to help you, and you're also surrounded by those that are watching. It's twofold. You're surrounded by those that are with you and those that are watching. Here's what's so important, and I want to get this, and I want to bring this home with us. I don't babysit. I, I mean, I do with my grandkids some. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> But, I mean, I don't babysit when it comes to people. I, I know a lot of people that I grew up with or a lot of people that used to come here, don't, they're not here. Hey, how you doing? Haven't seen you in a while in church. I'd love to see you there. No, I'm not going to do that. What's important? What am I getting at? 
What I'm getting at is right now, I can't, I can't listen to me. I can't get to those people. You know why? Because they're deciding that in this life that, that, that they're going to do it on their own. Now, whether or not they want to say that, why is that? Because we're called a fellowship. You know what's important about here? Yeah, God's word and Ben leading us in worship. You know what else is so important? Each other. We need each other. There's some times that I don't want, I'll be honest with you, I don't want to fight this fight. And I need Ben and I need other people and I need my brothers and sisters in Christ. Sometimes I just need to throw them the sword and they need to grab it from me and they need to take it for a while because I just can't do it. That's what those people don't realize when that come, time comes because the devil's going to kick them the same as he kicks you and me. And when he does, who's, who's around to help him? Who's around to help him? That's what's so important. What's so important is this fellowship that we now more than ever in the world that we live in, that we need to know that there's other. How, what does it do to you when you're out somewhere and, and you bow your head with whoever you're at and you thank the Lord for your food? Okay, that's great. But what does it do to you when you see somebody else and you're just out somewhere and you look over and somebody's praying at their meal? Wow. It does something to you. That's another believer. We need each other. We've got to have each other in this world. The devil's doing anything he can to take the church and turn it into entertainment. And if the entertainment's good, we'll be there. No, it's about hearing the truth. And when we hear the truth, the truth sticks and stays in our life and wins those battles because Jesus takes over and fights in the unseen world for us. We've got to have it. Let me close with this. Second Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. Because this is where many of you are, and this is what I've been building up to today. Let Jesus fight those. Let Jesus kick the devil. Don't try because you will lose every time. The apostle Paul, you know what he was? He's just like you. He's just like me. He was going through something really, really difficult. And he kept praying to the Lord over and over. Lord, it, 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 he wrote most of the New Testament. If the Lord is going to do anything for anybody, he's going to do it for the Apostle Paul. Because Paul was truly a servant of him. But Paul kept going to him over and over. Lord, I, I can't do this. This is, this, this is too much. I can't do it. I've done this. I did, Lord, I follow you. I've written letters to the churches. I've traveled all over, all over the Middle Eastern world to, to share your word. I've sacrificed. I'm just asking you, please just take this burden, take this, whatever, Lord, take it from me. And he kept praying over and over. Didn't happen. That's you and me. Whatever you're going through right now, that's not changed, has it? It doesn't mean that God is not working. It doesn't mean that you're not going to win. It just means that God is going to give you a way to work through it because he knows you better than you know yourself. And he's going to give you a way to cope. 
He's going to wait to do it. You're going to get through it. No matter how many times you ask, no matter what has happened, he's going to work through it in a different way, but you don't see it happening in your way. And he got just as confused as we do. Let Jesus kick the devil down the road because you're too tired. You can't do it. Peter was, or Paul was discouraged. What does he say? I'm going to close with 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Here it is. Jesus is speaking these words. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities. Why did Paul say this? That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Jesus is going to do the greatest work in your life when you're at your weakest point. Because then you're going to see the power of God Almighty do what only he can do. And it might not be the way that you think. You know, about four years ago, I was in a doctor's heart specialist at doctor's office, and they were checking some things out of my heart. Thankfully, everything was good. But I had to sign some papers. And I was signing these papers, and, uh, you know, next to someone taking the Lord's name in vain, I hate this word. I hate this one word. I hate it. And I looked on a paper of all the things I had to put on there, da, da, male, female, da, 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 da. single, married, divorced. I hate the word divorced. I hate it. And I had to check that. Divorced. I don't talk about it much, but I don't like it. I don't understand it. I don't know why I had to go through it. But guess what I'm going to share with you right now today. Out of year, I don't know how many times, thousands of times I asked the Lord for it not to happen. Jesus, please touch her heart. Change her. Please, please, please. Begged, cried, did everything I did over and over again. And it sucked the life out of me. And what happened? I still got divorced. I don't understand it. But here I am today. I'm here to tell you today that through the power of Jesus Christ and my weakest point, he came in and took over. And I never thought I could say what I've been able to say the last few years. That I wouldn't have changed anything. Because of all of you today. All of what he's done here what he's done through me, what he's done through my kids, the way I look at life, the strength that he's given me that all relies on him always, that the power of Christ may rest on me. Man, when you experience it, you won't question it because you look back and as much as you wanted something to happen and it didn't, God didn't come through the way that you wanted him or the way that I wanted him to come through. But I did one thing. I lost everything except my kids, and that's it. I lost everything. But you know what? 
I held on to fight with Jesus the good fight of faith. All I had, all I had was my faith. And I just kept holding on to the Lord. I didn't try and figure it out. I didn't know what would happen if I'd ever preach again. I didn't know all these different things, how I was going to pay my bills, but I, all this stuff. But I just knew who Jesus was. And if I went down that road to fight the good fight of faith with him, and he was with me, just like David and Goliath, you can't lose when Jesus kicks the devil down the road because he's the only one that has the power to do it. And when you do, it is amazing flow. And that's why you know my favorite verses in the Message Bible is God will teach you his rhythm of grace on how to live in this life if we come before him. Let Jesus fight your battles. Let him do it. Don't try and figure it out because you never will. But just know the outcome is going to be perfect for your life, exactly what he has. And you will look back and you will be thankful just the same as I am today. Out of thousands of times, I wanted it a different way. And God said, no, I've got other plans. Let me do it. And that's where I flip it to you today. Please, just let him do it. If you trust him today and you're willing to trust him, again, and again, and again. A year might go by, two years might go by, five years might go by, and nothing is changing. But God is working, and the power of Jesus is changing you and changing things. And when you see him come through, it is amazing to watch you stand back and see the blessings flow. Let's pray. Where's the devil kicking you at today? All of our pastors know so much of what's going on with our fellowship, what's going on in the world. And it is a fight. It is a battle. But let Jesus, let Jesus do it. Let him do it, whatever it is. And even though you don't see it happen and change, he's He's working. And he will win. And the power of Christ will rest upon you. And you will have joy and peace all along the journey. Hey, Dallas, I, I'm not sure everything you're talking about, but I, I keep hearing that Jesus has shed blood and that he always wins and that his sacrifice was for me. God tells us in a word today, if you're watching, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I don't care what your background is, what you've done. You can pray with me right now. Jesus, I don't understand everything. But I tuned in and I watched today for some reason. 
And now I know you're speaking to me and you're touching and you're knocking on the door of my heart. Jesus, I believe that you're God's son and, and I'm gonna trust you and by faith, I'm gonna ask you right now to come into my heart. By the word of our testimony, all you gotta do is say, Jesus, will you forgive me? Pray this prayer. Jesus, forgive me for all of my sins. I know you shed your perfect blood on the cross of Calvary for me. And right now, I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me for all of those sins, to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Thank you, Jesus, for this gift that you gave me through you. And from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power. Jesus, we thank you. I thank you for this church. I thank you for our fellowship. Father, if there's someone here today, may a friend bring a friend or a family member. Lord, as Ben leads us as we close our service out today, if someone doesn't know you as their Savior, Lord, may they know today is a day of salvation. May they come forward. I can lead them and show them in your word, and they can say that same prayer, and you will write their name, book in heaven, forever and ever. We thank you, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. I hope Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has spoke to you today through his word. You know, no matter what you go through, no matter what you face in life, I want you to know that through the one, Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross of Calvary, he shed his perfect blood for you and for me. And if you pray right now and ask Jesus into your heart, the message that you heard today, why God is speaking to you, I want you to know that you can have hope. And all you have to do is pray with me right now. Don't try and figure it out. The Lord says, by faith, we accept Jesus as our Savior, and you'll have hope for eternity. You say, Dallas, will you help me? What do I have to do? Well, let me share with you a verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you're willing to believe that God sent his Son to die on the cross for you, just pray this prayer with me right now. And you can have heaven as your home. Jesus will forgive you for anything you've done in this life. And you can have hope from this day forward. Pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me a sinner. I believe that you're God's son. And you came and lived a perfect life. And you died on the cross and you shed your perfect blood for all of my sin. And right now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me for all of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power. In Jesus' name. If you've prayed that prayer, we want to hear from you. Contact us through our website, City Church AC, 
or you can get it our church app through any of the um, streaming services and we want you to know that we'll contact you and from this day forward no matter what you face you'll always have hope knowing that Jesus is your savior and he'll come through in your life thank you for being with us today